Hi, I'm Ben Buddyslack, and I'm the founder of The Swan Song Project. The Swan Song Project is a charity that helps people facing the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. I've been doing a series of interviews with songwriters where I ask them a little bit about their songwriting practice, um, share with us a songwriting tip, and tell us a little bit about how music may have helped them deal with or think about bereavement in a different way. This episode features Ian Siegel, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Mr. Ian Siegel. Thanks for joining us, Ian. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, um, if you've seen these interviews before, we um, go through three sections. First, Ian's going to play one of his songs for us. Then um, he's going to tell us a little bit about how he wrote it. We'll have a chat about that. And then he's going to share with us a songwriting tip. It might be useful for new songwriters. And then we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to Ian relating to end of life and bereavement. So, um, I'm going to hand you over to Ian. Can uh, introduce your song and take it away whenever you're ready. Yeah, this is a song of mine I wrote, ooh, how long ago? Uh, let me think, eight years ago, seven years ago, it's called I Am The Train. Right. From the rivers to the mountains, coast to shining coast, silver line of mercury, whining like a ghost. You can hear me in the grasslands, feel me in the trees, moving through the valley like a wayward summer breeze. You can sense me in the atmosphere, across the dusty plain. Well, I ain't the ticket, I'm not the tracks, I am the train. Well, they'll bring the priests and politicians, secular and saved. The men fall the long haul from the cradle to the grave. You can ask them where they're going, they're gonna tell you where they've been. They're all pugilists and pirates underneath the skin. They don't make a world of difference. Sacred on growth bank. I'm not the stations, I'm not the stops. I'm the train. Hear me whistle, hear me whine. I'm moving down the line. Hear me rumble, hear me grind. See my light come shining through. I've got stones in my past, why? Can't you feel my pain? Yeah, I'm not the platform on the passenger, I'm the train. I was there through war and pestilence, there through hours of need, driven by your opulence, driven by your greed. You were master, you were slave, I see the blood upon your hands. I was built by stolen labor that you took from foreign lands. I shone a beacon in the darkness, cast a light upon your sin. You squeezed out the juice, and now you're doing it again. It's when you drive to distraction. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was great, Ian. Thank you. 
So, uh, what can you tell us about writing that one? Well, I was thinking about which songs of mine I could explain how I wrote them, and it's hard to, I don't have many anecdotes about that, because often I just can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, they just, I tend, I was discussing this with someone yesterday, I don't tend to craft songs as much as have them hit me, you know, like the inspiration doesn't happen often enough. But, um, um, and when it comes, it comes really quickly and it just, I, I write it down quickly. But this one, I actually remember when it happened. I was in my garden reading a Martin Amis novel. God, that sounds really middle class, <laughs> um, which I'm not. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was the last sentence of the last paragraph of a chapter. And it said, it said something, I can't remember exactly. It said something like, I'm not the... I'm not the engine, I'm not the station, I'm, I'm the train. And it was just, it wasn't about trains at all. It was to, 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 to describe the character as sort of an alpha male, if you like, or if he was the, the protagonist of, the, of his own story. It was, just, it was just a statement, but just that, that line really hit me. And suddenly I started writing this song and it sort of became about the, loosely about the history of the, the train in, in America and I just started sort of joining up uh, different imagery and you know that there are references to other blues songs there's references to Chuck Berry and Alan Wolf in there and Robert Johnson and just but it all it all came out really fast all just based on that one line from a from a Martin Amis novel so it's funny how th these things happen you know? yeah weird. And I, that, that whole thing came out probably in about 20 minutes flat you know oh wow which and I wish that happened to me often. Yeah, you know, this is like once it once in a blue moon. This one, you know, but, um, yeah, and that's that was the that that line from the book was the only sort of truly conscious thing that happened with that song. The rest of it was all kind of stream of consciousness, if you like. You know. Okay, so yeah, so you had that the one line, and then the rest of it just kind of fell from there. Yeah, it's weird how that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because I was thinking when you were talking about it in terms of you know including all the other history of the train kind of references and imagery and those kind of things. So I've done that in the past. I've had like a starting point. Then I've been unsure about what direction to go in with it. Then I've researched everything around it to try and include, but that wasn't the method you used there. It was just what, what came naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You know, there may have been, um, I think I was probably watching a lot of Westerns at the time as well. Mm -hmm. So thinking about like Chinese laborers being used to build trains that, you know, the headed West and stuff, you know, I was sort of, referencing that in the last part of the song so yeah yeah, yeah. weird weird thing it's uh, again i was talking about this yesterday sometimes with another songwriter you know, sometimes you look back and just can't remember you look at the lyrics and it's like someone else wrote them because you just yeah. can't, you can't you can't remember what you were feeling or thinking and it's like how did i come up with this where did <laughs> these lines come from it's, really, it's a strange thing definitely yeah something what's come up in a few of these interviews as well songwriters you know saying to not um, try and edit yourself too much when you're in the process of writing because a lot of the time that happens where you you write something you think, I don't, I don't like you don't really know what you're writing about at the time then years later it comes back to you with a whole different meaning yeah yeah that's very true yeah yeah it's an interesting yeah. process yeah I guess everyone's process is different but it's you know like I said some people are you know, they craft songs they sit down and they say I'm going to write a song and they do and I'm very envious of people that can do that I find that very difficult Whereas, but then I'm lucky that 
when when the inspiration inspiration finally hits me, then it does tend to just fall out of the pen really, you know, quickly. And uh, so you know, I'm not I'm not sure which is better really. I, I think being able to just decide, like a professional person, to sit down, <laughs> say I'm going to write a song today. I wish I had that actually, you know, but. You just, you know, you've got to work with what you've got, I suppose. Yeah, so it works differently. And yeah. um, I'm correct in thinking you won a British Blues Award for Best Original Song for that song in 2013, I think it was. Uh, I, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. The reason I remember that is because that was the last time I spoke to you, we interviewed you, uh, me and my band interviewed you for our radio show that year. Right. Yeah, which was because we were nominated for it as well. Oh, okay. Um, I think you got it. You got it that year. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we yeah, we we didn't fancy our chances to be honest. <laughs> we were just happy to be there. But yeah, that was uh, that was the last time I spoke to you. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and congratulations on that. Jesus, <laughs> it's seven years ago. It's, it's, yeah. Time flies. You know. Time flies, isn't it? Yeah. So great stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. With us. And um, yeah, it's interesting hearing you know this thing about what a song is written, what the writer wrote it about, and what it means to ask. One of the things I always thought with that song of yours. Was it always reminded me of you know the the kind of saying that like happiness is a journey more than a destination. That was that was one of the things that came to mind with me with it. That is, I am the train and I'm the kind, so I'm the thing that's moving, and yeah. that's what's important about life. Rather than I'm the you know person in this role or person with this. That's very interesting. Achievement. I think that was also implied in the in in the Martin Amis. I think it was mm -hmm. about. I think that's a lot closer to the original meaning of that line. Yeah, about about he's the he's the moving part within this yeah. framework or whatever you. Yeah, I think I think you. Yeah, you. you it's in, yeah, that is very interesting, isn't it? How how people hear things differently. I was just trying to like make a very wordy song like Bob did. <laughs> you know, just trying to do my my best deal, and it came out more like Johnny Cash in the end, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that worked. It worked anyway. Great song. So yeah, thanks for that, Ian. Um, so we're moving to section two. So this is why I ask my guests to share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful for mm -hmm. new or aspiring songwriters. So um, what would you what would your advice be, Ian? Well, uh, that that is a difficult thing. I mean, there's some really obvious things like I you it can be all fantasy and can be entirely from your imagination. But I think if there's an element of yourself in there, even just a bit of autobiography in there I think that helps um, but some advice somebody gave me years ago before I was really writing much and, and they they co-wrote a bunch of songs with me and set kind of set me on my course and he, he took me to one side and said you're you're afraid you're afraid of failure he said that's what's holding me back he says it's your feel of fear of failure that will make you fail and he said, "You just, you just. I think his phrase was, 'You got to, you got to throw it over the wall.' He had this, this analogy of, or a metaphor of throwing things over the wall, just and not, not to be afraid of, of going feet first and just put, putting things out there. And I think I know it sounds sort of simplistic, but that's some very powerful advice actually, because I think a lot of people don't, they don't sing and they, and 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 then." because they're afraid that they'll sound stupid but then the people that can sing and I know, I know they're good musicians are scared of putting themselves down on paper because it's too revealing or they think it'll be lame you know and, and I think that was an important lesson for me was to was to um you don't lose the fear but just kind of uh, just go with it or ignore it and just just um 
just have some courage to just put everything down on paper and see what you can get from it. You know? And uh, yeah, that was some of the best advice I ever, I ever got. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if it's going to make sense to, to everybody, but it, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, agree completely. So like being, not being afraid to be vulnerable. Um, be vulnerable yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Which, which is a terrifying thing for most people. But, and I think put, putting your, putting your, your own words down is, is, is a very revealing personal thing. And, and it, I can imagine it's, when you're not used to it, it's, it's really scary. Um, yeah. And you, you do lose that. I mean, the, the, I was just thinking to myself then, do, do I still feel any fear? No, I just feel great pleasure if I'm managing to get something down. It's just, it's a great feeling. But I think, you know, when you're first starting out, it must be pretty terrifying actually, because m maybe, you know, you're revealing too much of yourself to other people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I guess because there's vulnerability in two, two areas. So the vulnerability in, um, being honest about yourself and about what you're trying to express and on vulnerability and you're then sharing it with and I guess you're the, the skill side of it people are worried if they don't sound sound good or if the yeah. lyrics that aren't, aren't good lyrics are mm -hmm. yeah and, and, you know you're only going to get better by, by keep doing it I mean well some other advice similar really it's it's on the same with the same idea is that a professional songwriter friend, she used to teach songwriting classes. And she used to get her students to sh every morning to fill two sides of A4 with every mm. chord, no matter what, just write everything down. And she said, if you just get one line out of that, which might, might spark off a song, you know, and then in theory, you could be writing a song a day, or even if you're writing, if you're writing a song a week, that's pretty, that's, that's fairly prolific. The song yeah. one a week is pretty, pretty good going. So I, I think that's, it's, it's a similar idea and it? it's just being fearless and just put, just put, throwing everything out there and then yeah. you know, seeing if you can glean something rummaging through the, the debris and see if you, I mean, I, I, I've just been writing an album with some guys online, which, you know, virtual, the album's coming out next week. Oh, nice. and none of us had any songs at all. And I, and, uh, and one of, one of the other, one of my fellow bandmates is John Amor, who's, who's, one of the best songwriters in the UK, in my opinion. And so I'm thinking, Christ, what am I going to come up with to not compete with John, you know, to keep up with him. Um, and so I was finding scraps of notepads and little things on my phone and going through old phones and finding anything and just somehow cobbling together. Sometimes it's just a phrase or a word will just fit the moment. And you might, you might join up two lines from, two different years of your life you know and uh so i guess you know keep, keeping everything you write, writing things down constantly i'm sure a lot of people you've interviewed have said this just always always keep a notepad and write down everything because you never know when that one line is going to be really coming come, come handy yeah yeah that's really good ian yeah and uh, what's the name of that project just so people if you're watching this want to check it out and they can um, it called um 2020 music collective or 2020 mc and it's a it's a it's this thing called patreon which is something i'd never heard of before the lockdown like a lot of things i'd never heard of before the lockdown yeah too um <laughs> and uh yeah we, we're for about the last three or four weeks we've been we've been cobbling like 10 songs together between the seven of us involved 
and recording bits. We're all recording at home and then sharing with Dropbox and WeTransfer and all this stuff. And then it's been one of the teams mixing it as we speak. So um, it'll all, I'll send you a link for it, but it'll be on my Facebook thing on, on Sunday too. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, I'll put the link in the uh, description for this video uh, if you want to check it out. Yeah, good stuff. Um, brilliant. So um, let's move into section three, shall we? So this is where I ask my guests to um, share with us a song that means something to them relating to bereavement. And again, what I do for this part is I put the link in the description. So if you're watching this, you can pause the video, follow the link, listen to the song, come back, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat about it. So uh, which song did you choose for us, Ian? Well, I, well I've been, been doing these um, live streams on Facebook uh, every Sunday because obviously for obvious reasons the situation we're in because you've got to kind of uh, keep it keep going somehow and I've been doing a theme every week and uh, I did blues last weekend I thought I'd do country this week so I've been listening to what country and then listen to a lot of George Jones and um, I love George Jones and it, and I think well one of his most famous songs is he stopped loving her today and it's one of those beautiful songs that doesn't really reveal what it's truly about until about to, into, towards the end. And it's about he stopped loving her today. Um, and, and then you realize that the, the reason he stopped loving her today isn't for unromantic reasons. It's because he's passed away and, and they're laying a wreath on his door. And it's like he, he finally gets to stop loving her because he's actually passed. You know, It's really beautiful. It, it, as I said to you earlier, it could be incredibly cheesy and mawkish, but it's actually, apart from being sentimental, it's, it's a very beautiful, beautiful uh, thing. And, and also when it's sung by George Jones, it could sing the phone book. And yeah. King of heartbreak, they call him. So yeah, yeah the, it's just a very moving piece of music. And, but, yeah. You know, but, but it has, a, it's, it's not entirely negative, if you know what I mean. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not entirely sad, there's, there's a beauty to it. Yeah, it's one of them beautiful, beautifully, like a lot of those country songs where it's, it feels like a very simple, the story's told in a very simple way, but it's very powerful and effective. And like, because the first line is it about, he said that he'd love her till he died. Yeah. So the song starts, isn't it? And then it tells a bit more about the story and then you find out at the end that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It's, yeah. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Very clever songwriting. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's not someone I know a great deal about, George Jones, but he's, he wrote Choices, didn't he? Uh, I believe Uncle so. Ch which yeah I heard Leonard Cohen do that one um, and that was where I first got into George Jones was following from that which again it's just like it's, you know, I've had choices since the day that I was born uh, I heard voices that told me right from wrong and it's right. just these like really kind of simple but powerful lyrics uh, mm -hmm. well he, he was a he was a head case as a human being he was a, okay. a, a drug addict a drug addict and an alcoholic and a terrible tear away but he he, <laughs> he somehow <laughs> managed to charm his work through it just by being so talented but i mean he had a song called no show jones which was a joke about the number of gigs that he, he just wouldn't show up for because he'd be hammered in a bar somewhere <laughs> they, they called him no show jones yeah no. so he, he's, he's quite a character i wouldn't have <laughs> lived with him yeah um, he, he certainly made life interesting to say <laughs> uh -huh. yeah thanks for sharing that with us uh yeah um We've got, a few, we've got a few more minutes. We talked about those. You were close with two songs, weren't you? For which one you wanted to choose for that one? Do you want to say a few words about the other song? When we've got, if you've well, got time. It's, I Fly Away is an old gospel song, which, um, and it's known in sort of bluegrass and country circles particularly. But, um, 
again, it's not, it's not, it, it, it is about death and bereavement, but it's, it's not. I played it at so many, I played it at friends' funerals and I played it in memory of people that passed away, people I've known so often at gigs. And because and, I don't find it that negative, it's about going to a better place or, you know, you know I'll fly away. And it, 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 it's not, it's not looking at death as, uh, as, as the worst possible thing, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a positivity to it. So I've, I, it's a very uplifting song rather than being sort of, um, you know, a doom and gloom kind of thing. So, you know, it's one I always think of as appropriate to, to sing when, when someone's passed. Yeah, it's a beautiful song as I fly away, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for joining me, Ian. I really appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. Been a big fan for a long time. And, um, and so you're doing live streams every Sunday? Every Sunday on my Facebook page, my Ian Siegelberry, my personal page, yeah. Okay. Sunday, in the UK, it's Sunday at 5 p.m. You did a Tom Waits one the other week, didn't you? I did all to- a 70-minute medley non-stop. <laughs> yeah, I saw quite a bit of that. It was uh, great. <laughs> <Within some weeks>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Ian. And um, yeah, I'll put the links in the description so people can check out your, uh, your stuff. And thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, I'll be back soon with another episode.